When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf and Simon. Turn the by Law, hunt the block, two on the move, going deep, speed race, he's got Hill, he's got Hill, he beat James what a play to the 28-yard line of L.A. What a play by Tua and what a play by Tyreek Hill. Turn of Aloha. A dark, frequent nine-yard line brought down by James. 15-yard strike. First and goal, Miami. Third down and goal. And they go to the end zone and caught Hill. Touchdown! Touchdown! The Dolphins have recaptured the lead. Fourth and 13. They need their own 45. Phillips has got him! Phillips has got him! Defense with a huge play. And downs it goes to the Dolphins. And Miami is going to win it in come from behind fashion. Tonga Viola, 466 through the air. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we're the... Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry. The Miami Dolphins, our Miami Dolphins, are 1-0 after a magnificent win yesterday against the LA Chargers. I think all three of us are sort of slightly still close to the roof from where we were just on our way down from the amazing bars at the opening weekend. I am Simon Clancy. I have my Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle as always. Uh, Chris and Alf are with me. 
Before we get into it, and we'll slightly mix it up this week, but before we get into it, just to let you know our show is brought to you, as always, by our good friends at Prize Picks. Use the new promo code, that's 3YARDS, 3, the number 3, Y-A-R-D-S, YARDS. Get a $100 match bonus on your $100 deposit. Also by Better Edge, go to betteredge.com forward slash five reasons and get $20 just for signing up. And then three new sponsors, really, gopuff.com, use promo code WELCOME1010. One time we'll get the same promo code for every single one and you'll be absolutely flying. But WELCOME1010, get $10 off your first 10 orders. By Factor Meals, use promo code three, the number three yards per carry, all one word, and then five zero fifty three yards per carry fifty. Get fifty percent off your first order, and a great big welcome to uh, discountlots.com. You can call six six one four eight five four zero eight six and use the promo code five f i v e for ten percent discount to discover how land ownership is made easy i tell you what isn't made easy and that's enduring three hours of a track meet between the <laughs> dolphins and the chargers which we majestically came out on top top of we will attack three of the major subjects for the first half of the show in the second half of the show we'll bounce around some of the things we like some of the things we didn't like but boys it was a hell of a way to start the season and you know just looking at the the media reaction today, whether it's Peter King, whether it's Albert Breer, whether it's the guys at the ringer. Fuck me, even Bill Simmons was giving love to Tua. <laughs> yes. Whether it was Mike Greenberg, whether it was Peter Schrager on GFMB. It doesn't matter who it was. The the love was flowing uh, for Tua, for Tyreek, but especially really for Tua. Um, and and our, um, uh, kind of our friend, my friend, your friend, Kevin Clark, uh, wrote a great piece today. Well, actually did a podcast today. And if you haven't heard it, I tweeted it. But what he said was one thing I hate about the media is our reluctance to change our minds when we are clearly wrong. Tua, I gave up on during the Flores era when I shouldn't have. Maybe I got bullied into it, but he is great. He is legitimately great. And we should not be having the debate about whether or not he's good. We should be having the debate about how great he is and where in that rarefied air he stands. Now, next week is next week, but... We are basking in the glow of one and oh, gents. It was a um, it was a famous game and a great victory. Absolutely. And for those of you that are too young to remember this, this is what Dan Marino felt like. Okay, and not Dan Marino. I'm talking about you know some random November in 1993. I'm talking about Dan Marino at his best. This is what it felt like. This is absolutely elite quarterback play. He was the best quarterback of the weekend. And yeah, I understand he threw that interception. They credited him with that fumble. Um, I'm I I should petition the NFL for that and try to credit that to the team because that's Connor Williams leaving a snap short. The interception, in my opinion, was actually interfered with interference by JC Jackson. He was absolutely fabulous. I'm over the moon with this performance. This is the best he's ever played in a Dolphin uniform. Chris, I think people talk about the Baltimore game and the the six touchdowns, and and actually we kind of forget a little bit that actually it was fairly spotty for two and a half quarters of play. It wasn't amazing play. I mean, you know, there were some fantastic throws in the first half and fantastic throws in the third quarter, but really it was the fourth quarter that was unbelievable. But to me, yesterday was 60 minutes of, you know, pure brilliance all the way through, really. I mean, the interception, yeah, it was probably pass interference, but also you kind of throw in a sort of a jump ball to Braxton Barrios, which is not ideal, but nevertheless, we can kind of gloss over that. But just generally, you know, the, some of the throws he made were the best, you know, I think he made two of the best 
throws I've ever seen him make yesterday. And you and I often talk about that throw he made as a rookie against Kansas City in the fourth quarter. And there's the throw against the Bengals last year before he got injured to Mike Gesicki, where he somehow layered it in. But I thought the, the, the third and 15 that he picked up 17 yards to Berrios and the, the 47 yarder to Tyreek were just as good as it gets. And if, you know, it, it, anybody else in the league makes those throws, we're rightfully talking it up. And, and thankfully, people are rightfully talking it up. And and then finishing it off by you know somehow stabbing that uh, that fade ball yeah. right into Tyreek Hill's the late, heart. The late <laughs> hands by Tyreek never moved his hands until literally the ball was it. The, the corner just had no idea that he was even going to him. The, he, just, he never raised his hands once. It was fun, I mean just phenomenal all around. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was really. I mean, everybody says that it's the inventiveness of uh, Mike McDaniel and the execution of Tua Tagovailoa, and and all of it, all of it is very true. It was, it was a stupendous performance by him. The the pass interference on the interception. Uh, you're right. It was the pass. It, it was probably pass interference. Not probably. It was. Uh, he, uh, J.C. Jackson pushed off, um, and that's you know he got Ty- Braxton Berrios knocked onto the ground with a push off. And that's the reason actually JC was able to get his body turned around and even, even get that interception. Um, and the, the officials missed it, but you know, whatever, but from an offensive standpoint, yeah, Tua did actually on the play, find the single coverage, the, the man to man coverage. Uh, whereas everybody else was, was, you know, uh, mired in a thicket of uh, defenders, but it's just, it's just bad call, you know, almost like a bad, uh, a bad coaching decision or a bad play call or something like that. Um, and so, you know, that one, you just got to rely on your quarterback to give up on it. It was third and long, you know, forget it, take the points. Um, so, you know, yeah, there were some bad in there, but, uh, but overall this was, I think what it felt like for the Ravens game to me though, is just, just the, the sheer, like um, the magnitude of their offensive, you know, abilities, uh, and, and, and perhaps it was just four quarters of the fourth, the fourth quarter of the Ravens game. I don't know. Um, but it, uh, it, it felt a lot that way. And, uh, and this was, you know, this was, this was one for the books. This was one that we should remember for a while. And, uh, it's going to matter in playoff seating, um, because, you know, this is, this is a very good chargers team that will be in the hunt for the playoffs. Um, and this is also an AFC game, and both of those things are going to, you know, in a very tight AFC that has some good teams in it. This one is probably going to matter down the stretch. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, it was nerve wracking, but it was, uh, it was a lot of fun, wasn't it? It was a lot of fun. Look, let's carry on. Let's let's pick up topic number one and carry on with with these two. Actually, I'm just reading as I'm talking. And Mike McDaniel actually has just said that his favorite touchdown, his favorite throw, was actually the touchdown. Uh, pass that he had yesterday um, in that it was almost like a team. There was so much involved in that in terms of the the way that all of that combination of that play worked together, but also he said defensively, getting the ball back after Cader with the blitz and those sorts of things. It kind of met, that touchdown was really a team effort, which I thought was quite interesting. Anyway, look, Tour and Tyreek, we know about the numbers. We know about what they did yesterday, but a good friend of mine, a knowledgeable NFL friend, somebody who's watched the game for, for 20 years, is as knowledgeable as anybody that I know, said to me last night, texted me last night, say, I genuinely believe, and I, I, you know, there is a kind of sense of prisoner of the moment type stuff with these things, but he said, I genuinely believe that Tyreek Hill might be the best wide receiver I've ever seen. And you encompass Jerry Rice in that, and you encompass, you know, all of the great players going right the way back to Don Hudson. And there's some comparisons between what Tyreek did yesterday and what Hudson did 
you know, without shoulder pads back in, you know, back in the 40s and 50s or whenever it was that he played. But he is uncoverable, Alf. He is, it doesn't matter what you do. And, and, and you look at what the offense does in terms of how, you know, historically teams just play so few, so little man coverage because Tour is essentially just torching people. And you can say that's great coaching, but it's also great quarterbacking, but it's also great receiver. He is utterly unplayable. And, I, you know, Rex Ryan said on on Get Up this morning that, you know, you've got to get in his face and you've got to, you, you can't do it. You can't lay a hand on him. You can't touch him. And we'll talk about the, the alignments in a moment, but he's a special, special player, isn't he? And shows absolutely zero sign of slowing down. Absolutely. And Shannon Sharp, who is now in the hot take business, but he's not going to hot take with a, a football opinion, uh, called him the best weapon in the history of the sport. He said, uh, weapon's he, a great word for him, actually. Yeah, he said Jerry Rice is the best receiver he's ever seen. So he wouldn't put him as the best receiver, but he's the best weapon of all time. And they were debating uh, Shannon Sharp and Dan Orlovsky. Who was a better weapon, Randy Moss or Tyreek Hill? That's all you need to know, right? <laughs> you hear well, that yeah. debate? And that's all you really need to need to need to know. It's what a new... debate. <laughs> yeah, what a debate, right? Yeah. To have. I mean, like... I mean, I see layers, right? Because I, I, I'm, I, I grew up watching Jerry Rice. I saw Randy Moss, and to me, Rice and Moss are the two best receivers I've ever seen. Um, but I, I think of generationally, Rice is kind of that first era of my fandom. Moss is sits in the middle as the best. And Tyreek sits in the middle, uh, you know, and this is not to, to do an injustice to Jamar Chase or to Justin Jefferson, both of whom I think are phenomenal, but Hill is just different. And listening to the guys last night talking about how hard he works off the field. And I was looking at some of Brandon Thorne's cups today on Twitter and you see Tyreek blocking on the big run that Raheem gets down to the goal line just before the touchdown to, to Craycraft and the, the oh, sorry, the touchdown to Tyreek at the end. And, you know, this is a guy that just goes full gas for 60 minutes. Yeah, and Tyreek Hill said something after the game, which I found instructive. He said that when he went to the sideline after the turnover, that McDaniel and Tua came back to him and said, you know, what do you think about Z Sky? And yeah. and Tyreek told him, you know what? Let's run it. I'm going to give him a different release, and I could probably get off. And sure enough, he gave him a, a slightly different release. I believe he gave him a stutter, and he broke inside. And, of course, he cleared J.C. Jackson, and it's a touchdown on the next play. And then you see he catches it. He does like his little airplane thing, and he tosses his helmet on the sideline 40 yards down the field, starts running <laughs> up and down, losing his mind, and Mike McDaniel tries to catch up with him. And you could tell that he loved the implementation of what they thought about on the sideline actually working exactly to a T on the field. And when he's zoned in like that, and he has, in my opinion, he had something personal with this game because I think it came from the quarterback and possibly the head coach. And I think Chris mentioned some, something like that on Twitter. And maybe he wants to talk about it here, man. He is so hard to beat. I fear for that Kansas city chiefs secondary in, in Germany that I can't wait for that game. Although they have a few games before then, but can you, can you imagine what he has in store for that one? Yeah, Chris, it kind of takes me on to the second subject, which is really the offense. And you kind of go back to you go back to week one of last year, week two of last year, when Daniel and Tua first got together. And, you know, there was this, those kind of kind of kamikaze style RPOs with Tua where he's sort of reading the first level and uh, and trying to push the ball vertically with post wheels and, and rail wheels. And, you know, 
nobody else in the league was running those sort of first level reads to push the ball downfield. And now the evolution is very much more what we expected it to be, which is that kind of, you know, deeper shots from first level reads, but his two his abilities to turn his back to, to on play action, which he did a multitude of times. And you kind of feel like McDaniel just went into the lab for the whole summer. And I talked about it last week in terms of, and you talked about it on Twitter, very, very apposite talked about it on Twitter in terms of that kind of Brandon Staley and, uh, and the kind of the Brandon Staley game as McDaniel called it in the press conference and laugh, which I thought was almost borderline disrespectful in a way. It was kind of very, very interesting to see McDaniel talk about that, but just what he did in terms of the, the, the leverage on the touchdown that, that, that Alf just talked about there, it, changing the leverage points, lining... I mean, I saw Tariq lined up out wide on both sides, X, Z, Y. I saw him in the slot. I saw him as an H-back. I saw him as a tight end, and I saw him in the backfield. But those last-minute jet motions that 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 McDaniel has introduced, and I saw Smythe running. Run I saw Mostert. I saw Craycraft. I saw Tyreek, and I saw Jalen all run, probably more. All of them run. All of a sudden, they'd line up as an H-back, and then in like a second and a half for the snap, they'd suddenly jet motion and, and just opens up the creativity of McDaniel's brain was just astonishing yesterday. And it was, it was vintage. It was like play calling like you'd never, it was just the, the play calling of a madman. Yeah. And let, let me, let me say something here before Chris gets off here. There was a play in the red zone where McDaniel calls a short motion with Raheem Mostert. And if you watch the play, Derwin James identifies you know, Mostert, and it's obvious that it's man. And you see that Derwin James vacates the hash and he moves a little bit off of the hash. And Mostert does his little short motion and he goes to the flat and Tua throws a dig right behind Derwin James to Tyreek Hill. And who makes the tackle? Derwin James. And when he makes the tackle, you can see that Derwin James is like, I was standing right there and you moved me with that short motion, didn't you? And it's obvious. Well, you see it in film, and you can see that Derwin James is like, oh, wait a minute. There's too much space out there for Mostert. Let me see if I could cheat a little bit. Oh, no, they threw it behind me to Tyreek Hill. And here's a gain of 14. Chris? I, I think that I think that if you're looking at um, last year and some of the criticisms that, uh, that they faced on offense when things weren't necessarily working in their favor is um, they kept trying to go to some of the same concepts um, that, uh, you know, some of the same route combinations that, uh, that they work. Um, and McDaniel's whole deal is that he likes to get to those route combinations from a bunch of different ways, right. Um, and from a bunch of different looks from a bunch of different motions from a bunch of, you know, using, uh, formation shifting and stuff like that. Um, and it's sort of like, you know, he went back into the lab and tinkered, and you're wondering, well, did he did he come up with a bunch of new concepts and stuff? Well, I, I suppose there might be, but what we saw in this game is really what he just came up with was even more ways to get to them, <laughs> you know, even more ways to get to the same thing. And in this case, you know, instead of instead of giving the defense uh, an opportunity to uh, communicate with one another. And and adjust their coverages according to uh, what what sort of motion and formation shifting uh, Miami was doing. Um, the, this was more uh, this was more short burst motion, you know, short motions, and um, and they just there just wasn't enough time for the defense to communicate with each other and adjust to them. And um, and I, I think it, it's funny because they used those short motions 
to do that. But then, of course, you know, the defense is going to counter by, okay, well, you know, we're, we're just going to we're going to have an understanding. And if we see this and you saw Eric Kendricks on one play, he reacted to the motion uh, very well and very nearly got his hand on another ball. And yet to managed to squeak it by because it was just that sort of magic day for him. Um, but I, I think that like they played off of that now too. And that's where the play that Alf talked about just now, uh, where Raheem Mostert kind of went a little bit in motion. It got Derwin James to show what he was going to do in reaction to, uh, to, to, to the motion. Um, and then, but that wasn't really, that wasn't really the play. So Tua then signals, uh, uh, what's his name? Tyreek Hill to come inside, uh, you know, at, at speed. And so he gets a running head start sort of parallel to the line of scrimmage and, uh, and then goes and runs exactly the route that, um, that Alf just talked about. Um, you know, they just, they just really found more ways to get to it. And there was, uh, there, there were some signs, you know, listen, sometimes you get too cute too, you know? And, um, and I think that the Braxton Berrios interception is, a, is, is maybe an instance of getting a little bit too cute. There was definitely a play where, um, you know, uh, Savan Ahmed circled around, circled around the backfield and then came out for a, a pass in the flat. Uh, and Raheem Mostert trailed right behind him, also looking for a pass in the flat. And Tua could have hit either one of them uh, just based on how the def- the defense was reacting to it. And he chose to hit Mostert. And, uh, and Ahmed had to go from looking back for the pass to turning around and trying to block the corner. And he completely missed the guy. He just fell on the ground. Over, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and Raheem Mostert instead... Raheem Mostert instead gained about five yards on it. Um, well, somehow he gained five yards. It looked like he probably should have been gained no yards. Um, you know, there there was an instance, another one of those underthrows that people talk about. Oh, Tua doesn't have an arm and stuff like that. That was actually another instance of probably just getting too cute. Like too many dance steps happened on that play before before the throw and and so it just it was it was not setting so i i think that that's just all these instances showing that mcdaniel went in the lab created a lot more variability for how to get to the same stuff that he wants to do and uh, i mean he he has his favorite stuff and uh and and i think the offense and the players have their favorite stuff and and it was great none of this was possible uh without the play of uh kendall lamb uh, Isaiah Wynn, Connor Williams, Rob Hunt, and the much maligned Austin Jackson on a much maligned offensive line, Alf. But yesterday, no sacks, uh, two hits. I think Tua took pretty much. Uh, I mean, he was he was clean pretty much the entire game. Yes, he had to make a couple of plays where he moved inside and up and out of the pocket to to make terrific throws. And we talked about the the third and fifteen to Berrios, the third and ten deep ball for forty seven to Tyreek, but. The offensive line deserves a lot of praise for what they did, as does Butch Barry. We've touched on this a couple of times, but um, they were excellent yesterday, I thought. And, you know, tackle to tackle, I thought it was Austin Jackson's probably his best game as a Dolphin. I thought Kendall Lamb looked extremely good. Uh, put some videos up on three yards uh, on um, OnlyFins, our Discord channel this morning, uh, just showing how he just, he does a great job of uh, absorbing pressure, bending his, uh, bending his knees, and really like winning leverage, moving his hands, keeping his hands moving, relocating them all the time to control and to steer uh, Joey Bozer as he did much of yesterday. But Alf, those boys did an excellent job. Absolutely. And I'll be brief with this because I know we got to go to break. Austin Jackson has a rep and it's the 
the end around Azukama that almost scores. The, when you talk about an eye popping rep for an offensive tackle, this is what it looks like. The guy seals the edge. Joey Bosa scraping down the line. He gets off of the edge past when Ezukama is almost past him. He gets into a full sprint, full sprint, gets into Joey Bosa's face, tosses him out of the club. And if Eric Ezukama was a little smarter, he could have just jumped on his back and he would have carried him into the end zone. That was, I guess, what they envisioned when they scouted him as an athlete. It hasn't shown up yet, but good God, did it show on that on that tape. And uh, if I had to give one award to one offensive lineman in this game, yeah, Kendall Lamb deserves his flowers. But I thought Robert Hunt was absolutely stellar, stellar in his play today in that game. Yeah, uh, think about something on the just on the face of it. They they threw an overwhelming majority of their plays were pass plays, right? And they were going against Joey Bosa and you know Pro Bowler, lots of accolades. Khalil Mack, as many accolades as he has, is he the same player he once was? Probably not. But you know there there were good there were good pass rushers there, um, and they were just pass 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 all day, including a bunch of third and longs and no sacks. <laughs> you know, and and so you know, for for a line with Kendall Lamb as one of your tackles and Austin Jackson as the other, um, that that's just that is absolutely remarkable. Probably much to the Chargers' shame as well, but it's also to the credit of um, of what McDaniel was doing in terms of giving those uh, pass rushers extra things to think about, um, whether it be screens or whether it be uh, motions, jet motions, and and just. Uh, uh, players in the backfield as a combo was in the backfield twice. Um, you know, I think that the, he gave them a lot to think about. And then he also, you know, listen, when you have receivers like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, who you trust to get open. Um, sometimes they brought in seven players, eight players to protect. And so they, they actually helped that offensive line quite a bit uh, in pass protection. Um, and knowing that they could just put those those receivers out there even against an entire secondary and listen only only one or two guys is going to try to cover them at a time and uh, and they were still getting open so um, so you know just great job just to- in, in totality by uh, by the offensive line as well as the coaching staff. You're listening to Three Hours Per Carry. We will be back shortly with Three Good, Three Bad. Uh, don't forget all of our sponsors, which we'll touch upon before the end. Uh, we should be back shortly. This is the best podcast for the 1-0 Miami Dolphins. Let me introduce you to DiscountLots.com. You can become a landowner for less than $500 down and in less than five minutes. You heard that right. Discount Lots has transformed land ownership. No more hefty down payments, fees, and credit score worries. Now, imagine owning a piece of property with just a $1 down payment and $300 documentation fee. DiscountLots.com makes that possible. And here's the kicker. You will get an extra 10% off any property by using the promo code 5. That's the word 5. F-I-V-E. Discount Lots makes land ownership accessible to everyone with no credit checks, no background checks, and no income checks. Go to DiscountLots.com today and make land ownership easy. Again, use the promo code 5. F-I-V-E for 10% off any property on the site. Or you can just call 661 485 Four zero eight six, and tell them the promo code to get started. That's five F I V E. Get started and begin your dream of land ownership with discountlots.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage to your home or business? Are you having trouble locating a five-star rated general contractor that is fully licensed, certified, and insured? If the answer is yes, then Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, Jorge, and their team is prepared to handle any size property damage disaster. When an unexpected damage occurs to your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. Their objective is to make the cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida is also a licensed general contractor, so they provide the A to Z service, one-stop shopping that business homeowners and business owners require. Water Cleanup of Florida is now an authorized dealer of Eurocraft cabinets, so premier kitchen, bath, and laundry cabinetry, countertops, and other accessories are available for your viewing at their showroom in Boca Raton. Or, do you prefer to shop from your home or office? Then Water Cleanup will send you one of our design specialists to you with samples and products that fit your style and budget. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone if you have any questions at 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six. That's nine five four five seven nine zero three five six. Or visit their website at wcufl.com. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram. And please check out their more than eighty five star reviews on Google and Facebook. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. I'm Jalen Phillips, and you're listening to Three Yards Per Carry. Welcome back to Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Simon Clancy, joined as always by my Mosa and Ahmed, uh, Alfredo Arciaga and Chris Corquin. You can find out between yourselves who you are. Don't forget our sponsors, Prize Picks, Better Edge, GoPuff.com, FactorMeals.com and our new sponsor and a warm welcome to them, DiscountLots.com. All the details of all your promo codes, all the, the money off that you can get at the top of the show. So just hit rewind, uh, go back and you can listen again to how excited we were at the top of the show and how excited we remain right a new feature that we're going to kick off this week uh and it's going to be short bouncing around hopefully and if it's not i'll tell the boat tell them both off essentially three three good things three bad things that they both liked um we had a bit of a discussion on uh whatsapp earlier on and chris got really annoyed because he didn't want to talk about justin bethel so if you're listening justin it's chris's fault that you're not being celebrated this week uh not anybody <laughs> else's so i'd just like to make that clear and when you're a uh, a radio presenter or whatever you go on to be in the miami area please don't invite chris kaufman on because essentially he's just mugged you off in front of 10,000 people so I'm just gonna <laughs> put that out there. okay so <laughs> christopher kaufman my uh raheem moster uh take it away with your first uh three good three bad that you saw and start with your three good 
Well, I think uh, first is the versatility uh, in the usage of uh, Tyreek and Jalen together. I think I, I just talked about this a little bit on Twitter. You know, part of the reason that Tyreek could go 100 miles an hour at all times is, you know, he, he played, I think, like 44 of the 67 snaps. You know, it, it's not it's not the entire game. He's not on the field. That's that's a much lower percentage than last year. Um, and if you look at it, uh, they, you know, last year they were gaining a really good uh, amount of efficiency whenever Tyreek and Jalen were on the field together. And uh, that would, they went down to an average offense when one of those two, or maybe both of those two were off the field, even while Tula was throwing the ball, it was just kind of an average pass offense. Um, this time around, we noticed in training camp, they were kind of ex- experimenting. We talked about it before, like, you know, maybe they're looking at trying to make sure that they can have a potent offense, even when one of those guys are off the field. And it would have surprised you to know that they were only on the field together for about half of the pass plays. You know, they uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, they were. So um, when but the efficiency was just as potent when one of them was off the field um, as when they were both on the field. In fact, it was slightly, uh, slightly better. Um, so I think that that's a big step forward. That's a big uh, that's a big positive from the Miami Dolphins, and it keeps everybody fresher. Keeps them able to run just a max cue at, at the, the entire time, and uh, and I think that's good. Uh, the other one is complimentary football. You know, emblemized really by that uh, big long touchdown to Tyree Kill. Um, the reason McDaniel isolated that as his favorite was because. You know, it was we had the big interception in the end zone uh, and yeah, J.C. Jackson had to come out. But then, uh, you know, the the offensive players did a good job getting J.C. Jackson down with, at the four yard line. And then the defense played complimentary football um, and, and held them. And then uh, with the big sack, you know, as we talked about. And then the uh, special teams executed. And then the next the next series, they have the big play to Tyreek Hill. But how did that big play happen? You know, as as Alf talked about, they uh, Mike McDaniel and Tua Tungavailoa came to Tyreek on the sideline and say, what do you think about Z Sky, which in, which involves an outside release um, on Jason JC Jackson. And Tyreek said, you know what, I've been setting them up with inside releases all game. I think that's going to work well. And in particular, Tyreek wanted this to happen because JC Jackson just had that big interception and his, and he was flying high, his head real big. And he deflated him so fast with that uh, that big long touchdown. That's just a beautiful stretch of football. Another instance, com- complimentary football was the very end. You know, when where we saw that, uh, yeah, we scored, but we left them time, and you know, ob- obviously we had the missed extra point, which is not ideal. Um, and and so uh, they could have gotten a winning field goal, and I thought the game was over because I thought that I thought that that was going to happen, but the defense showed up. And that's complimentary football. And the other thing, and I, I won't go into it even too much because we've already talked about it, is the offensive line, give them their flowers. You know, that was not supposed to happen the way that it happened. Um, and, you know, this this unit coached by Butch Berry, you know, maybe that turned out to be a good hire after all. We don't know. But they definitely did a fantastic job, and they deserve that. They deserve their flowers for that. Alf, you're three good? And if yeah, my three, my three good. I'm going to stop. I'm going to start with a longtime radio host down here, Justin Bethel. Uh, I believe I believe he'll be here 20 years uh, when he retires in a couple of years, uh, hosting podcasts or radio shows. Um, I don't know how the hell he got himself ready to play. 
when I, he walked right past me and I looked at him and I'm like, wow, there's no way this guy's playing this season, much less in a couple of weeks. And there he was making plays at the end of the game. So I'll give some flowers to Justin Bethel. The interior offensive line was absolutely fabulous. Isaiah Wen, Lane Mikeberg came in and ran a counterplay, by the way. Gain six yards. <laughs> okay. So that was nice to see. Like I said, Robert Hunt was my MVP of that offensive line. Uh, and I realized Kendall Lamb was absolutely fabulous. Uh, my third, I was debating whether it's going to be Kater Kohu. And I understand he played fabulous, but I think I owe an apology. I spent all preseason and most of the offseason wondering how Durham Smythe is going to help this offense as far as timing because he's so painfully slow. Didn't look slow to me. He looked like an effective tight end. He had a great game, and he's a good player. And I think he's an important player because I don't. Th- I think the drop-off behind him on the team is as large as there is because I understand Tyreek Hill is a special talent, but you, you do have Jalen Waddle in the unit, and you have a lot of talent behind those guys. Behind Durham Smythe, you have nothing. He is an effective tight end. He's a good tight end. I owe him an apology, and he was actually very, very good in this game. I'll give you a half. Kater Kohu was fabulous. Yeah, I'll take three very quickly. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting to see the Eric Ezekanma role beginning to uh, develop and see how that was. You know, he had the toss sweep. He had the, the run on third down. He picked up the, th- the first down, was called back on a penalty. Just very interesting to see how his role might be defined as a sort of a Debo Samuel light. I was also going to say Justin Bethel, just for those two plays at the end. I thought that was just, you know, that was just fantastic in terms of what he did and, and the blitzes. And interestingly, I, I noted that Javon Holland had 22 snaps in the box, which is the most he's ever had in his career. Career high, 14 tackles. Um, without really doing an awful lot, just being there, just being sound tackling, I thought our, our tackling by the corners and the safeties were, was excellent. I thought Caden was excellent. You know, a couple of times he took took on Josh Kelly full full bore and got him to the ground. And, and I thought Holland, whilst not being spectacular, as I said, just, just did a very good job you know, generally of marshalling you know, that back end will we'll touch upon the, the run defense, I'm sure, as we go forward. So with that in mind, Chris, your three bad things. Well, I would say, um, you, you know, you got to look at the nickel package uh, on defense. Um, and this is where, you know, I'll, I'll I'll say this with my second bad thing, but on the nickel package on defense, that that's where the, the Chargers made their hay running the ball over and over again. They ran the ball 28 times for 137 yards against uh, Miami's nickel package. It was not much better against the base package, certainly either. Um, the base package, they uh, they they did even more potent damage because of that big fifty-five yarder, but um, but you know it was just as bad. Uh, and so you know, though I I have to give nickel the nickel package some credit in as much as they only allowed about five yards per uh, per pass. Uh, play um, which is uh, stupendous and the dime of course with six dbs on the field um, they allowed only 2.2 i think yards per pass uh, it was 20 yards on on nine plays they did some damage with that dime uh, dime package but the run defense had a nickel you know you got to figure that out the second one was david long and his usage we talked about it a little bit before you know we touched about it you know, before the show um, he was only involved in base and not any of the specialty, uh, not not a specialty base either. They did a specialty base at one point with all the all the big uglies, Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, Brandon Peely, and Raekwon Davis, in addition to Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips. 
and Jerome Baker as the only real linebacker out there. So David Long wasn't out there on that, but he was involved in every other base package, which is uh, which involves only four defensive backs. Um, but you know, the majority of the game is played in nickel and dime, and that means Andrew Van Ginkle was out there the whole time and not David Long. This is our so shiny he, new toy, right? This is, snaps. He had yeah. Van Ginkle's fifty-one. Exactly. This is our shiny new toy. This, the the offseason signing, David Long, we were very excited about it. So it was disappointing to see his very limited role. Um, and then the last one was Xavier Howard looked a bit shaky to me. Uh, we talked about it during the game. You're, as, as, you, as you put it, his hips looked a little stuck, uh, looked a little creaky. Um, he, uh, he did get those penalties. Um, and I hope that he starts to, you know, play himself into, uh, play himself into a little bit more, uh, I guess, fluid movement and, uh, starts to get it a little better within the defense. And those are my three. Alf, your three quickly before we run out of time. Yeah. My three bad are, are simply this. I, I feel pretty good about my, my prediction that Jason Sanders will miss a 42 yard field goal in Kansas city to send us to Las Vegas and the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm very nervous every time he lines up for anything now. Okay. Uh, my next bat is David Long. Yeah, on that long, that long run by by Eckler, he completely missed the fit. He is uh, just you know not to get too much into the weeds, but to explain it very simply to to our listeners, uh, he's the mic. He's playing on the on the hash. He has both a gaps, which means either side of the center. Um, everybody hit their run fits on that play except him. For whatever reason, he tried to crawl inside of. Christian Wilkins, uh, that's that's not what it calls for. Run to the open spot. If you run to the open spot, it's a no gain or maybe a gain of two at the most. And my last bad one is Connor Williams. Uh, he played a very good game, but please snap the ball better. I understand it didn't really matter too much in this game because we ended up winning and they could overcome a lot because of their prolific offense, but it will cost them more. And in this game, it probably cost them at least a touchdown. So please fix that. Yeah, I'm going to go quickly with again with David Long. I, I don't understand it because, you know, he's a, a kind of a run fit. That That's what he does. That's what he did at Tennessee. That's how he made his money. I don't want to see him covering Keenan Allen 46 yards down the field in man coverage. That is not what David Long is is designed to do um, and giving up big throws. Um, the defense overall versus the run, we just, just got gashed over and over again the good thing is that i think you know I, I can't see that happening again with vic i just that just strikes me as something but i do get a bit concerned about you know not having a john jenkins type that can come in and play defensive line and can be in that rotation and, and thirdly look mcdaniel i thought he'd left the inability to not run the ball or the ability to not run the ball back in 2022 but it was very clear that running became tokenistic at times yesterday. It was just like, I'll just do a run just because I kind of feel like I have to. And then let's have seven straight throws. Um, you're not going to win. Uh, and Chris talked about complimentary football. You're not going to win in December, January and February if you ignore the run as much as... Look, and the passing game was great, but there has to be some marriage between the two. Um, I would like to see a little bit more of the marriage of run and pass. But overall, a fantastic game, great game for the neutral, amazing game for the Dolphins fans. And it's on to Foxborough next week. We shall preview that game against the New England Patriots, who put up a very good performance for three quarters against the the, the NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles yesterday and really could have and should have won the game if Keyshawn Boutte had managed to get his feet down in bounds. Um, despite some of the problems they had early on, they really came back and, and performed very well. Defense was very, very good in shutting down Jalen Hurts. 
Um, so that will be another interesting game, nationally televised game, Sunday night football, Dolphins against the Patriots. And we will preview that on Thursday night. Thank you for listening to Three Yards Per Carry, as always. We genuinely uh, love the fact that you tune in week after week, month after month, year after year, season after season. You can join us every day on OnlyFins. It is $3 to sign up. Uh, that is it for a, an entire month. And you get all sorts of stuff, but you get to listen to us three talking shit all day, every day, pretty much about football, life and everything else in between. We shall be back on Thursday. Go Dolphins. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.